Welcome back to the Investing on the Go podcast brought to you by Fund Caliber. Today's guest gives us a cautious yet optimistic outlook on the bond market and tells us where he believes the value lies in the current environment. I'm James Yardley, and today I'm joined by Dylan Lancaster, the fund manager of the 24 Dynamic Bond Fund. Dylan, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Now, Dylan, I mean, it's a really interesting time for bonds. It feels like the bond market is just leading everything at the moment. Um, I think you said recently that you've been increasing your exposure to government bonds. Um, so why is this and, and what's the what's the attraction now? Yeah, so I, I suppose that the main story that's been dominating not only the bond market, but, but also kind of the, the market at wide over the last 18 months has been the rapid uh, raising right cycle from central banks across across the world. Um, and so that's been to fight the very high inflation uh, that we saw uh, last year. Um, and so as they've been raising uh, raising rates, we've been gradually increasing our, our government bond exposure. And the reason for that is is well, the reason central banks have been raising rates is to, to slow down the economy. Um, and so we think as they carry on increasing their rates and, and probably have, have, have pretty much done the job now, that slowdown of the economy, that slowdown of growth, uh, which we've begun to see uh, in certain sectors uh, globally um, and expect to see as interest rate raises carry on being passed through uh, to the real economy through some sort of uh, lagged time period. Uh, we, we think as that growth slows down, investors will uh, want to be in the safe havens uh, when investing. And for us, government bonds are the, the safest place to put your money. And so we think as growth rolls over and continues to do so, that then, then government bonds can definitely protect you and should perform well. Um, however, we think that even if growth uh, doesn't considerably slow down, uh, government bonds can also perform well as inflation falls. Uh, so, as I said, uh, central banks have been increasing their, 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 their rates to reduce inflation. Uh, we've seen some encouraging signs of this over the last few months. Um, and, and, you know, if we annualize the last few months of, for example, US inflation, they're actually not too far away from their 2% target. Uh, now, as inflation falls to target, uh, central banks are still in very, very restrictive territory. Uh, so the Fed at the moment at 5.5% is probably about 3% higher than their neutral rate the rate at which they're not in restrictive or expansionary territory. And so even without growth rolling over, you can see cuts coming through as that inflation target is, is met and they actually just reduce the restriction of their territory of their of their kind of rate uh, environment at the moment. So we think that, you know, if if growth rolls over, people will go into government bonds for protection. Or if we hit inflation targets, then central banks will start cutting, and again, government bonds will perform well. And so, for us, we think that you know, government bonds, and for us in particular, we think U.S. Treasuries are a very, very good investment at the moment. 
And and do you worry about the large fiscal deficit, uh, which we've we've seen in the US? I mean, because that, I guess, is the concern from the bond bears at the moment is the bond vigilantes are back and that governments everywhere are just, they're just spending more money than they're taking in. And they're having to issue all these bonds and somebody's got to buy them all. And, and of course, uh, market supply laws, supply and demand, the price has to go up. Um, sorry, the price has to go down, yields have to go up. So what do you what do you think of that? Yeah, I think that's definitely something to be cognizant of and aware of uh, as we go forward. Uh, we obviously saw the debt to GDP of developed nations balloon massively during COVID. Uh, and if we look at the US, for example, usually a very fiscally conservative country, it's running a deficit of above 6% at the moment, uh, something you haven't really seen outside of a wartime environment uh, since, a, since, a, since the Second World War. Um, and so that supply-demand dynamic is definitely something to look at. I think in the shorter term, the main driver of those government bonds is going to be growth and going to be any slowdown that we see. And so really, cyclicality will still be the main driver in the short term. Uh, and I think, you know, if, if people are, are expecting and, and pricing in a recession, you will see those government bonds uh, perform regardless of that supply dynamic. Whether on the other side of a recovery, we get structurally higher yields as a result of uh, the supply dynamic you see, I think is definitely something that, we, that, we, that, that, that we're looking at and definitely something that is a possibility. However, in the short term, as people position for a slowdown and a, a possible recession, I think that will be the main driver rather than technicals. And you prefer government bonds at the moment. I think you've also been reducing your high yield exposure and um, moving up the credit spectrum into investment grade. Um, so I guess, is that a part of your broader thesis of we're going to see a slowdown in the economy, a potential recession? You'd rather be in the in the safer areas like government bonds and investment grade. Yeah, I think an, an increase in in quality definitely makes sense here. I mean, this is probably with the the rapid raising right rate cycle. Sorry, uh, probably one of the most uh, well heralded slowdowns in in economic history, um, and so when when seeing a slowdown, you know, quality uh, will outperform. Um, and also you want to, you know, as a, as a fund manager, be confident that from a bottom-up perspective, uh, every name that you hold is robust. And again, that means increasing the quality. So yeah, I, I like government bonds here. I like government bond exposure. I like investment grade exposure. Um, we have been reducing high yield uh, uh, Definitely across across the fund. However, there are still areas where, if you're highly selective, you can be paid very well in in the high yield market as well. Um, so, on the whole, uh, increasing credit quality, um, but that doesn't mean that you necessarily have or, or need to have zero exposure to high yield. It's about really just being highly selective in that in that environment. And and on that recession, which has been so talked about for so long, um, I mean, it hasn't materialised yet. I mean, is it still your view that we are going to see a recession in in uh, the middle of next year, or or have we all just misread this completely? <laughs> yeah. So so I mean, the last few months, uh, there's definitely been a growing narrative that 
we could avoid a recession. And the reasons for that, as I mentioned, are the inflation signs have been getting better across developed nations. Meanwhile, growth has actually remained better than what people were expecting for this year. Um, I think uncertainty is definitely still elevated and it's still early to, to, to kind of put all your eggs in, in one basket there. Um, I mean, as I mentioned, the rate rising cycle that we've seen has pretty much been the, the most aggressive since the early 1980s. Um, and if we just look at the, the lagged impact of, of uh, putting a, a, a hike through to the real economy, as a rule of thumb, that's eight to 12 months. Uh, well, in the last 12 months, the Federal Reserve alone have put through 200 basis points of hikes. And so with the economy already showing signs of, of slowing down and perhaps that uh, still coming through to, to, to impact the real economy, um, that, then I think it's too early to say that we've avoided a recession. Um, and so, so, yes, so far, uh, you know, growth has, has, has held in strong. Um, but but I think you know weakening has 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 begun and 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 definitely more impacts from central banks to come through means that we're not out of the woods yet. And a lot of businesses still have to refinance their debts, um, and potentially that will be at much higher rates, uh, which might put them into distress. Are, are you expecting to see uh, a tick up in default rates here as we go forward? Yeah, I think I think that makes sense. I mean, default rates at the moment are about two percent. I think we're seeing them possibly go to between three and a half and and four percent over the next kind of year to eighteen months. Um, and the reason for that is, as you say, as we as we come up to maturities uh, and with the the higher yield environment, uh, that 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 kind of seems logical. I mean. The reason we don't see it spiking to kind of 2008 levels is that corporates, like the consumer, really, are, are still in a healthy place. Um, corporates, you know, their interest coverage uh, levels are, are, are very strong. Uh, their leverages, are, are corporate leverages, is also very healthy at the moment. Um, and as well, this time around, you know, the, the healthy banking sector means that corporates have lots of different avenues when they're talking about refinancing debt. Um, so we don't expect defaults to spike, uh, but because of the conditions that you, you mentioned, I think they can definitely kind of drift higher from here. Uh, and I think that, that, you know, plays into what we're doing, you know, increasing uh, credit quality, uh, where we do have high yield exposure, making sure you know that you're in double B or very strong single B names. Uh, you know, 95% of uh, defaults come from the triple C sector, and so for us, you know, there, there's really no reason to be in there when you can be paid very healthily elsewhere. So it's about reducing that exposure, going up in quality, and when you're in a name that. You know, has to refinance in 2025, or, or or in the nearer term. It's about you know having high conviction that they have the the means and abilities to do that through free cash flow, etc. And just to explain those racing bands for our our listeners, so um, double B is the first level when you're coming into high yield or junk bonds, and then obviously it gets progressively worse from B, and then triple C being the worst before default. Um, and you, of yeah. course, have been positioning the portfolio 
further up actually into the investment grade spe- spectrum, which is triple B and above at the moment. Um, exactly, yes. And in the US as well, I mean, a lot has been made of these these student loan repayments, um, which are, are having to, which were paused, but which are now restarting, um, and people are going to be having to pay a lot more. Um, do you see that as having an impact on the consumer going forward in next year? Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely something that we're looking at. I mean, uh, as I mentioned before, the consumer uh, has been extremely healthy. Uh, thus far, year to date, uh, and much healthier than you know. I think markets were predicting, um, and one reason for that is that they were able to build up excess savings uh, post COVID. Uh, so the fiscal expenditure in in, in the US uh, meant that you know the government was basically putting checks in people's pockets, and that got to about two point three trillion extra to what they would have normally been spending and so that's acted as a really good buffer you know as rates have gone higher and inflation has meant that goods and services have gone higher that's acted as a really good buffer to to keep the consumer stronger um however it's definitely dwindled i mean there's lots of assumptions that need to be made in terms of how much of that savings is less left sorry and we think you know, probably about 500 billion from the from the peak of about 2.3 trillion. So it, it's definitely dwindled, and and there's probably a large amount of the economy that that doesn't have any of those excess savings left. Uh, so when you know the the Supreme Court came out and said, you know, these these loans do need to be paid, and the, and they they resumed, that is only going to act as a further headwind. Um, and and so for us, it's you know looking at consumer consumer data points so retail sales uh in the US and developed markets uh credit card usages um kind of loan repayments so most recently we saw some worrying auto loan uh numbers come out of the US where uh, more people than expected uh were 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 in arrears on their auto loans um so so yes i mean the consumer has been very strong, mainly driven by the excess savings. Those have now been dwindled, uh, and these uh, student loans are only going to act as a further headwind in terms of the cash in the consumer's pockets. So, so we expect those kind of uh, consumer data points definitely to to, to weaken from here, um, and and that's one of the reasons why we 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 don't think that we're out of the woods in terms of the recession coming up. So, if if we think about how you've traditionally positioned. Uh, the portfolio. Where do we sit today? Is this some of the most defensive you've ever been in the life of the fund? Because historically, I think this you know this fund hasn't been afraid to take credit risk. Um, is is that is that fair? Or? Yeah. So I think at at the moment uh, we 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 think that government bonds are extremely good value here for the reasons that I give in uh, gave at the start in terms of you know them performing well on a on a growth slowdown, but also well if we see inflation get anywhere near to the to the two percent target. Um, so you know I think we've got twenty five percent in U.S. Treasuries at the moment uh, in between ten years and and thirty year duration. Uh, which the longer duration you have, the more protection that gives you as as yields go lower, uh, the, the, the more price movement you get and, and so therefore the more the more protection. Well you're you're um, locking into the yields there for longer. So exactly um, it, it, it's 
it's a more risky position because there's more potential capital upside and downside, I guess. But if, if things come as you expect and inflation does fall and bond yields fall, potentially there's a lot, lot of money to be made there. Exactly. Exactly. It's it, it's a real high conviction that, you know, these yields are a very, very good medium term yields to be locking into. Um, I mean, if we look at where the where the 10 year was trading, you know, a few weeks ago, almost five percent. I mean, that's not far off where the US high yield index was trading only three years ago. Um, so we think, you know, at the moment, the, 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 these kind of yields are giving you very good kind of medium term entry points and, and, and should protect you and should perform well on any growth rollover or in, ter- in terms of also if inflation gets close to target or back to the 2% target. In terms of our credit proportion, so the 75% of, of credit, that has been increasing uh, credit quality. So the high yield that we were holding a couple of years ago, we've been rotating that out and into investment grade corporates. Um, however, we do have a, a couple of top picks as well, which uh, are still offering a lot of yield and we think uh, offer very good risk uh, reward adjusted kind of metrics at the moment. And those are European 81s. Uh, so that is subordinated bank debt. Um, and so here our rationale is we think that banks are in a very healthy position at the moment. Uh, they have been kind of revolutionized since 2008 and been made by the European regulator and the UK regulator to be much healthier. Um, and so for us, we like banks at the moment. We like the national champion banks. And we we like them so much that we're happy to take subordinated risk, and that is where the eighty one uh, bucket comes in. So, at the moment, you are being paid about twelve percent in some names of national champions. So, Barclays, you're getting paid twelve percent in sterling uh, to hold their eighty one risk, which we think Barclays in possibly historically the most strongest position it's been in, rated triple B minus even at an 81 level, is a very strong uh, proposition at the moment. No, no, that's certainly a very high yield. And is is that just in the European banks you're taking that exposure? Because there has obviously been a little bit of trouble with some of the US banks earlier this year. Yeah, so we we prefer European banks. Um, and one of the reasons actually was highlighted, as you, as you mentioned in March, uh, whereas the US banks uh, are not all regulated and much, much lighter touch regulation over there, in Europe, every single bank is under regulation, uh, which means you get much, much tighter risk controls. Um, and so we think that, you know, on a, on a risk reward adjustment, we prefer to be in European banks. Um, and and as I say, it's because European and as I as I say Europe, I, I include the UK in that as well. Uh, the regulator has done a very good job to to, to make banks uh, safer post two thousand and eight. And as a bondholder, uh, that 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 definitely uh, definitely benefits you. And historically, I think you as a team, you've always had quite a um, expertise in asset backed securities, so exposure to. Mortgages and CLOs and, and and some other things is does that still form a, a major part of the portfolio? I mean, you mentioned the auto loan delinquencies ticking up. Has that had an impact on any of your, of your positioning there and in those sorts of assets? 
Yeah, so I suppose that's our, our second uh, kind of favoured sector at the moment on top of European 81s is European CLOs. Uh, so as you mentioned, a, a type of asset-backed security. Um, we still think that the the kind of reward to risk uh, there looks very attractive. Uh, they've benefited being a floating rate note, which means that as rates have risen, the yield that you're getting paid there has has also risen and made them look more attractive. Um, and so, for us, what we've done is similar in terms of the philosophy of the rest of the the fund has just gone up in quality there. Uh, so, really, in European CLOs, we are buying double B and triple C, uh, triple B, sorry, uh, CLOs exclusively. Um, on the double B tranche of a CLO, you're getting paid over 15% in yield. Um, and at that double B uh, kind of tranche, because of the structural protection that, you, that you're receiving, you can really withstand levels of higher defaults for consecutive years. So about a default rate of 8% uh, for three or four years before you see any principal write down. Um, and so that's. Can you, can you just explain to our listeners what a CLO is and um, and what exactly you're getting there? Because obviously you're not getting that 15% yield without taking some risk. So, what are the risks to that, and and what it, what exactly is a CLO, and how much also is it in the portfolio as a weight? Yeah, so so a CLO is a uh, is a package of of, of loans that are grouped together. Um, and then sold off as bonds and you have different tranches going from AAA at the top to equity at the bottom. Um, and so for us in the double B and triple B uh, tran- tranches, what that means is because you have people sitting below you, as I say, you get the structural protection in terms of against any defaults, you will not be the first to take any losses. Um, now, the reason uh, there's a couple of reasons why they why they trade so cheap, as you allude to. I think the first one is there's a complexity premium, um, and that is because there are hundreds and thousands of of loans in these CLOs, and they each need to be underwritten. And so we have a team of twelve people who just look at European ABS and CLOs, and so that kind of people people intensity uh, required means that there is a complexity premium that's that's why you're getting paid more the second reason is i do think there's a bit of a liquidity premium um so a double b clo will be less liquid than a double b european high yield corporate um and so that means that you do get paid a little bit extra for that um, now we recognise uh, recognise that second second pillar, which is why at the moment we have about fifteen percent of the portfolio made uh, up from CLOs. That is probably the maximum that we would have, due to the fact that we're aware that you know, given the liquidity of the of the product, that that seems about appropriate for the fund, um, and we're at the maximum because we think you know at the moment they 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 are extremely attractive versus a high yield corporate. And so kind of the, the risk reward really stacks up there. We follow historically kind of in what percentile a double B CLO looks cheap versus uh, a double B high yield corporate. And at the moment, it's between the 80th and the 90th percentile. So it's it's 
the cheapest now that it has been pretty much for for eight times out of ten of the of of the historical index. Um, so so yeah, we 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 like them at the moment. We think they 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 uh, pay very well, um, and and they've been you know our best performer year to date. Um, but but we're also cognizant of of liquidity at the double B level, and so you know fifteen percent is probably the the maximum we would have appropriate for this fund. Brilliant. So maybe just to conclude, then, if we take a step back, I mean, bonds for years they haven't really yielded anything, but I mean, you're quite excited about where we sit today. I mean, can investors expect a good good yield in the fund at the moment as well going forward if they want to take income and things, for example? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I think, look, as we, as we kind of alluded to throughout, there's there's definitely elements of, of uncertainty still uh, in the markets at the moment. However, the one thing is at the moment, you are being compensated for that in, in, in fixed income. And so, you know, I think government bonds are, are, are a very attractive proposition. Going up in quality is definitely makes sense at the moment. And and in those kind of lower quality areas, making sure that you're full full conviction, um, and and so for us, we think that you know having put that together, we're very happy with how the how the the fund looks at the moment. It's yielding ten percent, uh, which for a triple B plus rated fund, we think looks very attractive. Um, and and you know as you say, bonds haven't been yielding this this uh, this amount for for a long time. And if you look historically at what is your main predictor of of medium term returns in fixed income, the main thing is your starting yield. And so as we look at you know three five year predicted returns for this fund, starting at ten percent, having that as an annualized return we think looks very, very attractive. And so, yeah, we, we, we're happy with how we're set up. And, and you know, I think fixed income looks like a very compelling uh, kind of place to be at, at, at this time. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Dylan. No, thank you very much for having me. 24 Dynamic Bond has a very flexible approach in order to take advantage of changes in market conditions. The income produced is usually one of the highest in the sector, but will fluctuate as investments and market conditions change. To learn more about the 24 Dynamic Bond Fund, visit fundcaliber.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Investing on the Go podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember, we've been discussing individual companies to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not still hold these companies at the time of listening. Elite ratings are based on Fund Calibre's research methodology and are the opinion of Fund Calibre's research team only. Mm-hmm.